With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin Daf Chav Zayin, page 27. We begin five lines in. Gemara's question right now that we're trying to address is whether or not if you're trying to purchase, you're trying to acquire a movable object along with a piece of land, whether the movable object has to be placed upon a piece of land. So he brought in numerous proofs, and none of them were successful. Tashama, we try to bring a new proof. From an Amora. The Amor Rava Bar Yitzchak Amorav. Rava Bar Yitzchak said in the name of Rav. Shnishtar is saying, there are two different halachos, two different laws in regards to the documents. Zechu Bisadazila Pliny, merit or acquire this piece of land for so and so. Vikisul Asashtar. And write from a document that he'll be able to prove that he's acquired it. So So the person who's selling it has the ability to back out of the fact that he said to write some kind of document to prove that this. A gift took place. However, he doesn't have the ability or the right to back out of the fact that he gave over the piece of land. However, if he said the following, he made a condition. He said, give him the piece of land on the condition that you will write him a document. So since he can back out of the fact that he said he's going to write him some kind of document for proof, he can also back out of the fact that he's going to give the actual piece of land. And Rav Chibar Avin said in the name of Rav Huna, Shlish Ashtar is saying that three different laws in regards to a star, a document. Trehad Amaran, two are those that we mentioned. Idach, the other one is, If let's say someone went, and before he actually went and sold this piece of land, so he wrote a document beforehand saying that he is selling it, and perhaps he left the person who was selling it to blank. So that's fine. This is similar to that which we learned. That a person can write a document, meaning the person who's writing the document, so he has a right to do that for the buyer, I'm sorry, for the seller, even though the buyer is not along with him. And Rashi explains that the reason is that the only person who stands to lose here is the person who is the one selling it. Because if, let's say, this document gets lost and the buyer finds it, so the buyer can, can now show that he's paid for it already. So the mocher, the seller, is the one who's taking the risk. And therefore, if he agrees to this risk, so it doesn't pose any problem for us to write such a document. So just like over there, that that's true. So Rav Chirba Avin is saying that over here as well, it's going to be true if someone writes a document even without having a buyer yet. Now, he completes his statement by saying as follows, Once he's gone and made some kind of action of chazaka, of acquiring a piece of land, So, along with that piece of land comes the actual document itself, wherever it is. So what we see is, it doesn't have to be actually sitting on top of the piece of land. Shemam, you know, we can prove, It's not necessary to be sitting on the piece of land. So the Gemara says, wait. That's not a good proof. Shani shtar da'afsir da'aruhu. Perhaps a document is different because since this document is something that's stating that the piece of land became his, so you can't really separate it from the piece of land. It's it's one unit and therefore comes along with it. So Gemara says, wait, katani. that's not true because we said on this, Rav Chibar Avin finished off his statement by saying, Zuhi shashaninu. This is what we went in the Mishnah when we said, Nechazim she'elam achrayis, movable objects, niknimim nechazim she'elam achrayis, because they can be acquired along with a piece of land through Buying it, through buying a piece of land with money, with a document, or with an act of acquiring. So therefore, we see So it's a good proof that it doesn't need to be actually uh, piled up on top of the piece of land in order to be acquired if it's a movable object, because it's not just talking about a document, but in fact, this is just an example of any case where you're buying or you're acquiring a movable object along with a piece of land. The Gemara continues. I'll ask you a shaila. Mi agav 
Do we need to say, when a person is giving over an acquisition, do you actually have to say that you're acquiring this movable object on top of that piece of land? Meaning, even though you don't need it to actually physically be on top of it. But perhaps you have to actually say that. Toshama, the Gemara brings a proof. Dikotani, kolhani, vlekotani, agav. In the Bryceos that we quoted earlier on Chavavim Beis, on page 26b, so we mentioned that someone was giving over an acquisition of a hundred sheep and a hundred barrels along with a piece of land. But it doesn't say over there that he said anything about the word agav. He didn't say it has to be, that you have to say on top of. It's enough to perhaps just say along with. So that sounds like it should be a good proof that you don't have to say agav. So Gemara says, wait, ulatai mech. According to your reasoning that we're saying all the correct words over there, Kenimi Katani, does it say over there that the person said to the other person, you should acquire? It doesn't say that. But we know that until you've actually said you shall acquire, it's not going to create a good acquisition. So it could be that the Brisa also left out the word Agav, which indeed is necessary. So Gemara says, in the, in the end, the halacha is, in the end all, that you don't actually have to have it physically, the movable object doesn't have to be physically placed upon a piece of land. However, Agav you do have to say the words on top of, and you have to say the words you are acquiring in order for this to work. The Gemara continues, I'll ask you a question. Let's say somebody wants to give over a field by selling it, and along with that he wants to give over these movable objects as a present. So you're doing two different types of kinyan and two different types of acquiring. So does that work or not? Tashima, we bring a proof. We said in the Bryce on the top of the page in the previous daily daf, we mentioned that Rabbi Gamliel, so he needed to give over his miser, so he gave it over to Rabbi Yoshua, who was a levy, and he gave over the place itself. So the place itself he gave over as a rental. So he's doing two different types of things. On top of the rental, so he's giving him an, a present. So we see that you can do two different types of Types of things. Shmami, no, it's a good proof. I'll ask you a different question. Let's say you want to give the field itself, you want to sell the field to one person, and then you want to give over along with that movable objects to a different person. What's going to be the halacha? Tashima, we bring a proof from that same price. So the miser that I'm going to give off later, I'm giving it to Rabbi Akiva, because he's going to merit in it, he's going to acquire it for the poor people. But the place itself is going to be rented to him. So we see that you can rent it to one person, or it's similar to selling it to one person, and in fact, the movable objects can be given over to somebody else. In this case, it's the poor people. The Mar says, no, it's not necessarily a good proof. My Moschar, Moschar Meister, because perhaps what it means when we say that it's rented out, he meant it was rented out to the poor people. Another explanation, Shani Rabbi Kiva. It could be that Rabbi Kiva is different, because he's considered like the hand of the poor people. So therefore, since he's considered like the hand of the poor people, so really both things he's getting for the poor people, perhaps. He's getting both that piece of land so that he can have it there, he doesn't have to run over there. And also he's getting for the poor people these movable objects along with it. Amar Rava, Rava says as follows, Lo shanu This that we said you can acquire a movable object along with a piece of land is only if you've completely paid for all the movable objects that are coming along with a piece of land. If you haven't paid completely for all of those things, all you can acquire is corresponding to the amount of money that you've paid. We have a brisa that's explicitly like Rava, or it seems to imply very strongly like Rava, there's an advantage of 
purchasing with money over purchasing with a or document, or there's an advantage of money over a document, and an advantage of a document over money. So the advantage of the power of money is that with money a person can redeem something that has been made holy to the temple, or is the tithe that a person has to go and bring to Jerusalem to eat in Jerusalem. So you can redeem it with money, which you can't do with a document. The advantage of a document is that a document has the ability to create a divorce, which is not true in regards to money. And they are both more powerful than the power of showing ownership through Chazaka. And as an advantage of Chazaka, showing ownership over those two. There's an advantage of both money and a document. They both have the ability to buy a Jewish slave. Which is not so in regards to Chazaka. You can't show your ownership over a Jewish slave. However, there is an advantage of Chazaka, of showing one's ownership. Then in regards to Chazaka, you can do the following. Let's say you have a sale of 10 different pieces of land in 10 different countries. Once you've acquired one of them, so you're actually able to acquire all of the other ones along with them, with it. We turn to 27b. And what are we talking about here? That's only if you paid for all of them. If you have not yet paid for all of them, so all you can acquire is corresponding to the amount of money that you paid already. Because the, the concept is, like Rav said, that a person, a mocher, a seller, is not going to give over until, he's not going to give over the acquisition until he knows that he's gotten paid already. The Gemara continues, This is what we just said as a proof to Shmuel. The Amr Shmuel, because Shmuel says, Let's say you sold 10 different properties in 10 different countries. Once you've done a chazaka, an act of acquiring on one of them, so you've acquired all of them. So this is what we just said, is precisely the statement of Shmuel. says as follows, I can prove this to you, this that Shmuel said, because we can see this in a different case. If you gave over ten animals with one set of reins, and you said to him, and you said to him, acquire it, wouldn't he acquire it? So it was responded back to him, and they said, it's not a good proof. What's the comparison? There in that case, of ten animals, so you're pulling them all by the same rain. So therefore, it's considered that you've gotten all of them, and that's why you can acquire all of them. But over here, by our case, by the case of ten different pieces of land in ten different countries, so there's no way to actually hold all of them at once, so to speak. Therefore, it's not a good comparison. Ikadamida, those who say that this statement of Ravachabar Ika was actually a question. Amravachabar Ika, Brader Rav Ika, Ravach, the son of Rav Ika, said as follows: Teda, the Laikani. I'm going to prove to you that you're not Kona, that you don't acquire via one piece all ten pieces. Let's say you gave over ten animals with one set of reins. And he said to him, Take this animal, acquire this animal, meaning one out of those ten. Are you going to acquire all ten? The Gemara answers, That's not a good comparison. And you can't disprove Shmuel, why? Because there you have ten different bodies, you have ten different animals. So therefore, you're, if, you're, if you're picking out one animal, you're not going to get all the other ten, just because they're attached by the same reins. However, But over here, all these pieces of land, in essence, are attached, because they all go down, if you go down to the center of the earth, you go down to the, to the yesod, the, down to the base. So they're all attached at some point. So therefore, when you acquire one piece of land, you can acquire all the other nine pieces of land as well. Now the Gemara continues, We said in the Mishnah that if one is already swearing about movable objects, where there's a chiyuv, where there's an obligation to swear, so it will also roll onto you the fact that you have to swear for a karka, for some kind of ground, which we don't usually make you swear for. 
So Ula says, how do we know this concept that you can have a, a swear being rolled on? It's called Gilgul Shvua. How do we know that from the Torah? And as the verse says, The one shall say, Amen, Amen. This is talking about a sota, a wayward wife. And it says that she has to agree to these swears the Kohen is making her swear. Utanan. And we know that in Mishnah, Why is she saying, Amen, Amen? She's saying as follows, Amen, Allah, Allah. She agrees to the curse that will come about if she indeed had been had been in an illicit relationship. Amen Allah Shvua, she agrees to the swear. And she agrees to the swear, whether it was from this man that she's accused of being alone with, or whether it was from a different man. And she also affirms that she didn't have any kind of wayward relationship when she was engaged, meaning she had completed the first stage of marriage, whether she had completed the second stage of marriage, whether she was waiting, meaning the case is, Shomer Siavim is a case where a woman, her husband died, they had no children, so she has to marry her brother-in-law, and she's waiting for that brother-in-law to marry her. So whether she was waiting or whether she had completed that marriage, she swears that in all of these cases she had not been wayward. What's the case where she's an Arusa, where she only completed the first stage of marriage? If the case is where he accused her while she was an Arusa, while she had only completed the first stage of marriage, is making her drink when she's still in that stage. If you've only completed the first stage, whether because you've become engaged and you've completed the first stage, or you're waiting for the brother-in-law to marry you. So they don't drink. We don't make, you can't have this whole ceremony of Sota with such a woman, and she also doesn't take her suva. So my time, what's the, what's the reason? Because the verse says that you're underneath your husband, and this woman is not yet completely underneath her husband. What's the case? Where you accused her when she was had completed the first stage of marriage, Venistera, Kishia and then she went and she was alone with that man when you were still, com- had only completed the first stage of marriage. The Kamashkila Kishia and now you're making her drink as you completed the second stage of marriage. Me Batilamaya, through the waters, check her in such a case, Vinika Hishme Avanam Rahman, the verse says, that in order for this to work, so he has to be completely free of sin. Only when he's free of sin, do the waters check his wife. If the man is not free of sin, so the waters do not check his wife. So what's the case? Because if he married her, he wasn't allowed to marry her, so he did a sin. So the, the waters won't work. So it must be that they've completed the second stage of marriage. That's when he accused her, and that's when she was alone with her with this other man. And that's when he's doing it. And So you're doing it by rolling on a shvua. You're rolling on this swear to something that really wouldn't have had to swear about. But once you're swearing, so you swear about the thing that happened before, and she swears that even in the first stage of marriage, she wasn't unfaithful as well. We'll continue from here in the next Daily Dove.